Hello, hello, and happy 2023 floozies. I hope you had a fantastic, or at least, you know, moderately okay 2022. And I'm very excited for this new year for us together. I want to thank you for listening to Fluently Forward. It's been a dynamite year of podcasting. All thanks to you listening, sharing this with people. I've had a blast with all of these episodes. Very excited for much more to come in 2023. And Without further ado, I mean, let me give you a little preview of what we are going to be getting into today. Today, I am joined by a fabulous host, the Troy McKeady of Beyond the Blinds and Dunzo, and we are talking about Lana Del Rey. We're talking about a bunch of different stuff, how she used to be Lizzie Grant, the persona of Lana Del Rey and how that changed, how her um, fans are a little bit odd because they're the only stands who only post photos of her at her skinniest and not how she actually looks today. So I just think that's something bizarre that I've always wanted to talk about. Um, Did she have maybe a relationship with Harvey Weinstein and Mark Zuckerberg? We will be getting into that, the history of who she's dated, her scandals, and of course, her blind items. What else? If you have not joined us in 2022 over on patreon.com slash fluentlyforward, New year, new resolution, sign up. It's a blast and a half. We do a bunch of episodes. It's five bucks a month and we do at least an hour of content every week. And I like to sprinkle in some mini episodes because sometimes as we learned in 2022, something happens, maybe somebody gets slapped or maybe Selena Gomez and Haley Bieber take a photo together and you just want to hop on the microphone and dive into it right away. So sometimes we do mini episodes on there. We did a recent one, Celebrities That Believe in conspiracy theories. Fun fact, Kylie Jenner <laughs> believes in chemtrails and Mark Ruffalo is a 9-11 truther. We talked about SZA, her new album, her dating history, blind items, normal people gossip, getting a little bit into the Phoebe Bridgers, Paul Mezcal, Bo Burnham, love triangle that seems to be going on and more. So if you want to check any of that out, patreon.com slash fluently forward. And now I would like to introduce the fabulous Troy McKeady as we talk about Lana Del Rey, Lizzie Grant. Here we go. All right. Welcome to Fluently Forward. We have the lovely Troy from Beyond the Blinds and Dunzo on with us today. Welcome, Troy. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. I'm really excited for this. Today we are going to be covering Lana Del Rey. And you were in New York recently and I saw you and you were playing Lana Del Rey. You said that you had recently become a fan and I got so excited but also worried for you because I feel like anytime I binge Lana Del Rey, things aren't good. It's kind of a warning sign for me when I listen to her too much. (laughs) It's so funny because I didn't – I obviously didn't know that. I didn't know that she was Mm -hmm. like that girl. And then as I was listening, I was like, oh, am I, like, depressed? (laughs) (laughs) Me too. I'm like, meanwhile, my finger's, like, a mind of its own. It's, like, going to hinge and, like, 40 plus. I'm like, wait, why is this happening? (laughs) I'm, like, skimming through a self-help book as I, like, listen and don't even realize, like, but, yes, I I was going through a a little bit of a time. And I was like, oh, I am, like, really, this is resonating with me in a way that's, like, wild. Like, Yes. That she just like went into the like my pores. It was really wild. Like her music and I didn't know. I can't believe I've gone over only like, 10 years without knowing. 
So that so I'm curious. I feel like most people got into Lana Del Rey back in the my pussy tastes like Pepsi Cola era, blue jeans, video games. Were you aware of her back then and just uninterested, or were you kind of waiting for a special time to become a fan? Well, okay, so you know I'm a I'm a Tumblr girl in my spirit. Mm, oh, well now it all makes sense. <laughs> yes. And Lana Del Rey ruled over Tumblr. Yeah. I was like very much aware of her because of Tumblr and Mm-hmm. Um, she wasn't necessarily where I fell on Tumblr. I was more of like a Azealia Banks, like Sky Ferreira person on Tumblr. Um, I was going to say, there's also like Melanie Martinez. There were so many different <laughs> pockets of artists on yes. Tumblr that had like a huge following. Like the Charlie XCX. Mm-hmm. That was like my vibe, you know? I wasn't like a Lana okay. person. Um, I just didn't understand her at the time. And I just, I couldn't, like, wrap my head around her imagery and, like, all. I just, like, didn't understand, like, the separation between Lana and Lizzie. And, like, I was just, like, I don't get it. And she's, like, singing about Harvey Weinstein. All of it makes me uncomfortable. Like, I don't know. You know? (laughs) And then I finally, like, let her into my spirit. I was, like, okay. Mm -hmm. People are telling me that... Oh, like sorry, the go first ahead. song or I was like I was gonna say like the first song album like what was the first piece of Lana Del Rey content you consumed that made you go holy crap there's something going on here it was Norman fucking Rockwell mm, yes such a good out al- what yeah. was your favorite song from it the one that hooked me I think was Venice Bitch yes it was yeah. like because I it made me realize I, I kept listening to it over and over and I was like this song is 10 minutes long Yes. And I can't stop listening to it. And I do not feel, like, labored by it. Like, I don't feel... Mm-hmm. If anything, I, it could be longer. Like, and I was like, I think I like Lana Del Rey. And then it, it just spiraled out of control. And she specifically made Venice Bitch that long because she said she wanted a song for people who just want to jam out for 10 minutes and not give a fuck about stuff. And yeah. we'll be talking about this as we dive into her, but I just love how... She really does throw the norms to the wind. Even with the Norman fucking Rockwell album cover, somebody put it together in paint or Canva, and she went, this is my album cover. She kind of just does what she wants, and I feel like in this time where you have so many, like a Selena Gomez type of pop star where it's done formula by formula, put it all together, Mm -hmm. Lana Del Rey does it at whatever pace she wants, with whoever she wants, as small scale as she wants. It's kind of refreshing. I 1000% agree. I am obsessed with the study of pop stars and like how they present themselves and how they reinvent and bounce back and all of that stuff. And I just think it's really interesting that she basically is like her own muse. Yes. Oh my God. That's really profound. She kind of is. She's my muse and I've never even met her. Yeah. Like she, it's like she looks at herself as an art piece and it's like, some stuff that she she presents to the world is like a projected idea of like herself, what mm-hmm. she sees as who she is. Sometimes it's just full Lizzie Grant. Sometimes it's a complete farce and it's made up and it's like this person that she's like created. But it's 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 no different really than like what Gaga is doing. She's just not jumping between like meat dress and like Muppet dress. She's yes. just. It's like drop earring or red lip. It's a little bit more subtle, but like it's still (laughs) happening, you know? Yes. Well, I mean, so let's get into her because there's so much about how Lana Del Rey grew up. And it's so funny that you mentioned Lady Gaga because they were both running in the same circles in New York back in the day. So 
Mona Del Rey, obviously, or maybe not obviously to some people, it is a stage name. Her full name, birth name is Elizabeth Woolridge Grant. And before she was known as Lana Del Rey, she would perform in New York under the name Lizzie Grant. And she didn't really have that much success. So she was um, raised in upstate New York. She moved to New York. She was pursuing a music career. And she had a very interesting childhood teenage year where basically she was a really out of control teenager. She had a lot of problems with substance abuse, drinking, so much so that she actually was sent to a specific school to get away from her friends who were like bad influences. So she went to a high school where her mother taught for one year. And then when she was like 14, 15, they sent her to Kent school to get sober for alcoholism. And that was what inspired the song this is what makes us girls. Have you heard that one? I have heard that song. No, have you heard the demo version of it? See, that's the thing is there's so many demo versions <laughs> of all her songs. I can't keep yeah. up. I don't know if I have. So, like, <laughs> so many of Lana Del Rey's unreleased tracks and demo tracks get released out there. And a lot of times, like, I love the demo version of This Is What Makes Us Girls so much more so than the final one. And the demo version of National Anthem, I do love the final version of it but it's this like electric guitar very rock grunge version of national anthem and it's such a treat to just type into soundcloud or youtube lana del rey unreleased demo because then you get two versions of a song that you like so what do you think of this is what makes us girls well i thought it was interesting so i started reading about her um sobriety stuff yeah and just the way that she sort of sprinkles it throughout her music I just think is like so fascinating like little things like that will fully hook me and then once I start to googling it's over with yeah and she talks about it a lot you said you started with Norman fucking Rockwell doesn't she have the song bartender on there and she had different references to being sober and I think she's been sober for a while now but age 14 to me that's just so young that's almost you're you're not even a freshman in high school yet so It sounds like she really grew up fast as the type of vibe that you get when you read about her life growing up. Yeah, definitely grew up fast. And like now she sort of has this sort of romanticized idea of what it means to be like a young girl like that. Who's like reckless and in love with random shitty guys and trying substances and being like sexually promiscuous and smoking cigarettes. Like, you know, she has this sort of like I don't know, it's like the old Hollywood version of, like, what it means to be, like, a young, reckless girl. Yes, completely. And, like, oh, my God, okay. The music video for Crazy by Aerosmith, have you seen that? (laughs) Yeah. That, like, the people have put that music video to the song This Is What Makes Us Girls, the demo version, and it's, like, a perfect fit. Just, like, two girls with the short school skirt sneaking out of school to go drive in the convertible and mess around town and have a gimlet with the older man. Like, I swear to God, Lana Del Rey is just taking 50 aesthetic words and putting them into a song and you feel transported, you know? Yeah, that's the thing is it's always effective. Like, you really do feel transported. And it's, I don't know what it is. Like, she she sprinkles some kind of, like, roofy magic in her music. (laughs) She really does. (laughs) And did you hear about the rumor that there was something going on with her and her teacher at one of these high schools? No. Tell me. Tell me. 
It's just a rumor that at Kent school, she had an inappropriate relationship with a teacher, not like full on fucking, but just she was the class favorite. They would stay afterwards. He would really compliment her on how mature she was and how talented she was. And I do feel like that essence of, I don't know if you would call it grooming or just inappropriate relationships or this idea of an older, wiser man. It just plays so heavily in so much of her music. And you have to wonder, where does that come from? Because we'll get into her dating life later, but she kind of dates seemingly normal people. And I have to wonder, who is the old 50-something millionaire muse in all of these songs? I still haven't figured it out. Yeah, I mean... I've been thinking a lot about that just because of her obsession with Lolita. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. literally obsessed with... She even has the song, Lolita. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> she's, she's not dancing around it. No, it's like intense imagery in your face. Like, I'm inspired by this book and this movie very hardcore. So, yeah, I, I've also been wondering that. And it makes me really curious, too, now that she's 37... I think a lot of girls have a moment with Lolita or you're just on Tumblr and you're seeing all of this coquette type of stuff. Mm -hmm. What happens when you're past 37 and you've grown up idolizing the Lolita fantasy? Like what happens when you hit 40, 50? Do you change? Do you always try to be young? Do you then, I don't know, like fall in love with someone younger to reverse it? I think it's going to be really interesting to see if those themes keep with her as she enters her 40s and beyond. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, even, you know, you hear, like, more sinister relations that people have to that. Like, I always I always think of, like, Marilyn Manson and him, like, mm. making Evan Rachel Wood acquire that Lolita aesthetic. Like, like again, very heavy-handed, like, literally wearing the heart sunglasses out all the time as if it's, like, some... You know, like, it's just... It's wild how much that book weaves itself throughout our culture even now and like you said sometimes the imagery is like very heavy-handed and sometimes it's like subtle lana is obsessed like she's a she's she's a girl obsessed yeah i god and even the she literally has that as a line baby put on heart-shaped sunglasses because we're gonna take a ride i'm a bad girl but i could be a good girl everything's you know when are you a woman (laughs) she's never singing i am an empowered woman (coughs) who just got my master's it's always like i know that old girls spank me yeah (laughs) when do the miranda hobbs lyrics show up When are you like, I formed an LLC and I'm a businesswoman? Like, no, she's just, yeah. she tries to portray herself as like a creative Lolita who just got lucky, kind of. Yes. So after she had this experience in high school, she went to go live on Long Island with her aunt and uncle and she worked as a waitress, which I feel like that imagery also pops up a lot throughout her different songs. And then she, kind of similar to Taylor Swift, she only learned six chords and realized that she could create a bunch of different songs from this. So she created the name Lizzie Grant or Lizzie Grant and the Phenomena. And she started just kind of playing around New York City, clubs in Brooklyn. And at the time, so was uh, Lady Gaga around. And they both were like running in the same circles. And what I wouldn't give to see a young Lady Gaga and Lana Del Rey, or I guess Lizzie Grant at the time, do you think that they were friends? I This time period is like, I'm obsessed with. Like where yeah. you have like Katy Perry, Lizzie Grant, mm. Gaga, you know, all these people trying to kind of like figure out what music is going to be in a post like Britney, Christina pop landscape. 
Yeah. You know, because, like, we needed somebody to, like, tell us the direction that we were going in, and they were figuring it out together. Mm-hmm. And I, and also, I've read so much stuff. I'm sure you've read The Blinds about Lady Gaga just being, like, so cutthroat and, like... Yes. You know. Like, trying. literally cutting throat <laughs> slash pushing off roof, like, full-on murderess, <laughs> allegedly. Yeah. Being a literal yeah. murderer for her, for <laughs> yeah. the fame. Um, you know, and just, like, doing everything she can to, like, sabotage any other, like, blonde woman who's, like, doing pop music. Um, so That's why Lizzie Grant, like, dyes her hair black or dark. She's like, I have to save myself. Like, I'm getting rid of these blonde locks. <laughs> She's like, this woman named Stephanie Germanata, like, freaked out. Told me to change my hair. <laughs> Do you um have you ever seen the TV show Thirty Rock? Yes. Oh my god! When Jenna Maroney, when they're looking for a third actress, and she screams, "If it is a blonde woman, I will kill myself!" I'm just like imagining Lady Gaga doing the same thing in the clubs of New York. <laughs> Being like, "Wait a minute, Christina Aguilera is coming from my bag," and they're like, "She's been in this business for literally 17 years, girl." But you know what's so interesting? You you say that after Britney and Christina, we have. Lady Gaga, Katy Perry, Lana Del Rey, trying to figure out what's happening in pop. Mm -hmm. And how funny that all three of them leaned so heavy-handed into the characterization, both with stage names. Also, you know, Katy Perry, you think of her with cotton candy on her tits. Mm -hmm. And in California, Lana Del Rey, Old Hollywood, Lady Gaga, meat dress. Yeah. And I guess now we kind of have, I don't know, who's like... Olivia Rodrigo and Sabrina Carpenter, they're basically kind of themselves. Right. But it's funny, in, in that era, every single person was donning this complete characterization and not being themselves. It really wasn't authentic, but we ate it up anyway. Well, I think that because, you know, what often happens with the pop girls is, like, whoever kind of, like, sets the tone, then everybody else has to kind of adjust mm. their plans, whatever they were. And, yeah. like, you know, in the 90s, it was, like, Britney who just, like, hit first. So then everybody had to kind of figure that out. And because Gaga, it's like, sort of set the tone for, like, the post-TRL pop landscape, then everybody had to get, like, a little weird, a little bit more, like, theatrical, a little bit more, like, camp. Like, suddenly everybody was, like, the Liberace version of themselves as a pop star, you know? You're so right, because if she wears a meat dress on the red carpet and you have a nice strapless number, you're not going to get in the headlines at all. So that's why you have to go, okay, the dancing shark, beach ball. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And then that's when I feel like you saw, like, Rihanna leaning into, like, a little bit more of an edgy thing. And, like, you know, Katie took on the whole, like, cotton candy, like you said, character. And people really leaned into this idea of being, like, a character version Which of a pop star. Don't you kind of miss that? I kind of miss yeah. it a little bit. Like, why not go balls to the wall? It's it's just cranking the entertainment level up to 100. I think it's fun. It is fun. And it, it just, like, I don't know. It's like now we live in this world where it's like you have to be relatable. You have to be authentic. You have to be real. You have to be vulnerable. And to me, like, that is, like, the old school like, old, like, I don't know, like, Michael Jackson, Whitney, Madonna era of, like, being a real pop star is, like, a persona, an image, a story, folklore, mm-hmm. like, a, a tale about your coming of age and, like, all that stuff. None of it's real, but we need that. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, totally. So who do you think, if you had to pick one or two people, do you think anyone is doing that today? Or do you think nobody, everybody's kind of left it behind? I think the only person still doing it is Beyonce. Yeah. She's the only person still doing old school pop star shit, like mystery, 
no interviews, magic. Like, the old Michael Jackson thing. Like, this person is not of this world. They're not human. To market yourself as, like, an above human is, like, very yes. 90s pop star. Like, people don't really do that anymore. Now it's like, I fart on Instagram live with you, you know? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's very different. Uh, there's people like Doja Cat, like, completely steered the steering wheel completely left. She's, yes. like, absolutely not. Like, yeah. I think of her as a farting on Instagram live type of <laughs> celebrity. But then again, like, some people love that. So maybe it is just, like, a every 20 years the landscape changes type of thing. Right. So back to Lana Del Rey's timeline. She's in New York City. She's performing. But what's happening is she isn't really getting anywhere huge as Lizzie Grant. So she decides to create the stage name Lana Del Rey, and she uploads two self-made music videos for her songs, Video Games and Blue Jeans. Now, I was surprised to see that Blue Jeans was self-made because that's when she's in the gorgeous uh, white bathing suit. There's alligators in a swimming pool, and she's kind of <laughs> being choked slash sucking on the fingers of a tattooed man. <laughs> what did you think of these first two uh, music videos, especially the webcam-made video games? Well, at the time, this is sort of... I just didn't understand her. Like, I didn't (laughs) get it. And, like, because I'm so deeply invested in pop stars, I think, like, I need to be able to get it or else I just... I can't, like, subscribe, you know? And at the time, I didn't didn't get it. I was just like, I don't get this imagery. And she kind of makes me uncomfortable. And, (laughs) you know, like, I was like, I don't like this. Um, I like, like, bowling pin formation dancers. What's going on here? She's freaking me out. (laughs) Um, But now that I've rewatched as, like, a full-fledged adult that, like, understands who she is as a person, it's so cool. It it is really cool. And... It's funny because I felt the same way when I saw her. And when she first started to get big, she had a a cult following at the beginning. But then she also had this horrendous uh, SNL performance. In the backyard, pull up in your fast car, whistling my name. You open up a beer, say get over here and play your video games. And everyone just knew of her as the girl with lip filler who sung horribly live. And it's funny because we don't really talk much about it now. I don't know. Maybe you think of Kylie Jenner when you think of filled in lips. But there Mm -hmm. was a moment where everyone was very outraged about her lips. Do you remember that? Oh, yes. Yes. And I remember at that time I at least knew enough about her that I was like, everybody judging this performance really doesn't, like, know who this woman is. Like, Mm -hmm. this is what she does. You know? Like, they're like, yeah, but she's just standing there and and doing this. Yes. Like, yeah. That's the gig. (laughs) That's what people pay for. She also sometimes, like, sucks on a finger and spends money. But, like, that's kind of the (laughs) three. She does this, too. Yeah. How dare you? Yeah, she swipes her hair out of her eyes and kind of purses her lips, but that's about it. But you know what? Better to do that than go the Taylor Swift route where, like, you try to dance and you can't. It's like, if you're good at standing and looking beautiful, just stand and look beautiful. I'm happy to watch. Taylor's choreographer is like, why don't you just always do this if you don't know what to do? Just do that. Or just whip your head up and down and just have the color dance for you. (laughs) So after SNL, she started to get big. And then we'll talk about this when we kind of get into the Weinstein of everything. But she 
released a cover of Once Upon a Dream from Melissa Fent. She's also done a cover of Season of the Witch. Have you heard both of those songs? I don't think so. I don't think I have. Her her voice is made for a villainess's yeah. crew, like, you know, song, dark magic. Oh, my Ooh. God. I actually, I came home from happy hour a couple years ago when I had just moved into this apartment. And you know when you're like three drinks deep and you just think you're the sexiest person in the world? Yes. I came home. It was like October and I was blasting Season of the Witch by Lana Del Rey and her velvety voice was like crooning. And I was like changing into my pajamas half naked, just looking at myself in the mirror going, you're hot as shit, like three drinks in. And a mouse ran right in front of me across (laughs) the apartment. And I went from feeling so self-confident to being terrified. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like a mouse isn't supposed to run across the apartment when you listen to Lana Del Rey. Like I was going for a completely different aesthetic, but... The song is good. That's it's a good real, that's a very Carrie Bradshaw moment, by the way. Oh my God. Yeah. I screamed just like her. Yeah. <laughs> Carrie would have been like, wee! You know, then she does that, like, that, like, shrill scream. I... <laughs> exactly. And then she calls big. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I have always been a huge advocate of taking vitamins and supplements, probably because about every week my mom texts the family group chat and tells everyone to take a vitamin D because we are all very, very low in it. And what I love about Ritual and I want to tell you about is that they are making multivitamins, supplements, and more that combine all of these great things that we all need. So So many women today, over 97% of them from ages 19 to 50, are not getting enough vitamin D in their diet, and they're also not getting their recommended daily intake of key omega-3s. So Rituals Essentials for Women 18 Plus, they have a multivitamin. It combines everything you need in one. And they also just released Symbiotic Plus. Now, this is a gut health supplement, and it's got three great things in it. Prebiotics, probiotics, and postbiotics all in one minty capsule, which is just great. You get everything all in one. So right now, if you wanna give them a shot, I take both the multivitamin and Symbiotic Plus. They are going to be offering my listeners 10% off of your first three months. You can visit ritual.com slash fluently and turn healthy habits into a ritual. That's 10% off at ritual.com slash fluently. So she did a little bit of work on soundtracks. Then she started to do other albums. This is where we get Ultraviolence, Brooklyn Baby, West Coast. She released Lust for Life, Norman fucking Rockwell, Chemtrails Over the Country Club. And we have a new album of hers that's going to be coming out soon. Are you excited for it? Yeah, I am. I'm excited to be a part of like an album release. Yeah, even though her album releases aren't... It's not, you know, it's no... Every day I'm dropping a single and there's a TikTok challenge. It's just kind of all of a sudden, oh, you're like, oh, my God, she dropped an album. Let me go listen to it by myself. Yeah, but I love that, though. I love that. Mm. I love like Okay, you don't like the flair. You know, I appreciate the flair, but I love even more when somebody like – when somebody releases an album that everybody – like a Fiona Apple. Like when Fiona Mm. releases an album, it's like you, you lock the doors, you close the windows, you light the candles. Like everybody's doing the same thing. And I love that, you know? Especially now that everyone streams things. You don't have, even with TV shows, it used to be everyone came into the office on Monday and we had all watched the same show and we would talk about it. But now with Netflix and Hulu and Disney Plus, everyone's watching things on their own time. So Mm -hmm. that's why moments like 
uh, I don't know, award shows or the Super Bowl. It's just nice that everyone's all plugged into something. Absolutely. Especially when it's like an emo sad girl thing. I'm like, mm, Yes. Yay. 100%. Everyone's like Twitter statuses just get like really dark for the week and you know everyone's yeah. consuming the same <laughs> yeah. stuff. It reminds me of when we were all depressed on Tumblr. That's like, that was so yeah. fun, you know? Don't you, by the way, what kind of Tumblr blogger were you? Like, would you write? Would you reblog? How did you use it? I was a reblogger and I was, I would just reblog like pop culture stuff. Mm, okay. You um, weren't like doing diary entries. No, I wasn't a diary entry girl. I was more of like a, like my Tumblr was like very much associated with like my SoundCloud, if that makes sense. Yes, 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 yes. Almost like a visual, I don't know, Spotify or yes, something. That's exactly yeah, visual Spotify. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you still use Tumblr? I left after they got rid of porn on there. I was like, see ya. I left after they got rid of porn. I was like, well, what's the point? <laughs> Girls. Uh but sometimes I occasionally will go on there just because they have the the best random pictures, you know, of like celebrities. Okay. The, Troy, I will literally go if I need to grab photos for Instagram. I'll put in like Lana Del Rey rare photo Tumblr. Yes. And you just put in Tumblr after anything and you find the most unique photos. I don't know how they do it. I don't get it either. Like maybe it's because back in the day, like photos were so like unregulated as far as what you could use and copyright and stuff. Oh, maybe that's it. I could see that being a thing. You know, but they have the best pictures. They really do. It's because the people who are on Tumblr are so online that they really do such great digging, investigative yes. work. They're like the, in today's culture where everybody just reads the headlines and skims. Yeah, people on Tumblr will still be digging and digging, and I appreciate it. Yes, totally agree. So, real quick before we move on, the persona of Lizzie Grant versus Lana Del Rey. Lizzie Grant will have photos up on Instagram this week, but she was this beach blonde hair kind of rocker and it it looks weird looking at photos of Lizzie Grant it's her in like a sparkly bra with a black leather jacket on mm -hmm. and then you have the Lana Del Rey old Hollywood aesthetic with those gorgeous brunette pin curls and the big lips and the sleek dresses which persona do you prefer and do you think that if she didn't become Lana Del Rey would she have gotten big or no um, well, I just started getting into, like, Lizzie Grant. Like, I just started, like, mm -hmm. kind of listening to, like, that era of her music and, um, like, watching interviews and stuff. Like, all of those, like, trailer park <laughs> interviews. I just started. And she lived, by the way, uh, in, in a trailer park for a little bit in New Jersey after she got some startup money to work on her album. So, once again, like, yeah. everything about her life comes through in the music and it's referenced. Yeah, she was, she seemed really just like down to earth and really, I mean, she seems pretty down to earth and chill all the time, but I really liked her as Lizzie. Like she just seemed really cool. Like a person that I would hang out with. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I, that was one of the things that was probably the number one thing that confused me about her back in the day. was like, I just did not understand. I was like, okay, so she like didn't make it as herself. And then she just like took on this other persona and now, like, I didn't get it, but now I think it's really cool that she created, yeah. and, you know, like a, of like, a, like a cartoon version of herself, basically. Yeah, and I just, I, I'm a sucker for old Hollywood, and I want to see everyone in the Lana Del Rey aesthetic. I keep saying that Julia Fox needs to surprise everyone and Ugh. go to one of these red carpets in old Hollywood 
glamour because who doesn't oh love gorgeous God, yeah. curls and a strapless fitted and diamonds across the neck yeah. just once so Julia Fox can remind people that she's an actress and not, you know, a TikToker or whoever so, she is now. Oh, my God. That's such a good point. Yeah. But, um, I mean, Old Holly, it's just – it's beautiful and – Lana Del Rey was the first person to really do it since, obviously, of course, old Hollywood existed. You you yeah. don't see a lot of people mimicking it, especially with Gen Z fashion. You see people doing crop tops on the red carpet. And what can I say? I want I want pearls on you. I want pearls, yeah. diamonds, and silk sometimes. I get it. You want you want um like elbow length gloves. I get it. Yes. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> yeah. oh, I want exactly that. So I, I think that it was interesting. I also think that the phrase Lana Del Rey is just, uh, it fits perfectly with it. Now, what's interesting is you mentioned Katy Perry, Lady Gaga, Taylor Swift. It feels like they change their aesthetic every album. Mm -hmm. But Lana Del Rey has kind of kept the same aesthetic for the last couple of albums. If anything, she's kind of maybe loosened it a little bit to where now she's casual. You're not going to see yeah. her in old Hollywood getup, maybe just jeans and a t-shirt. But I find it interesting that she never felt like every year she had to recraft herself. She yeah. just kind of stayed the same. Do you think that helped or hurt her? Absolutely helped. 1000%. Because mm. I often will say that a lot of people in in the pop world, and I'm not even going to just say women now because I feel like now it's opened up to men, um, mm -hmm. where they fall... I call it the Madonna trap. Mm. And it's like people now... It's become the blueprint that that's just like what you have to do as a pop star because Madonna sort of like set that tone for everybody. But like mm -hmm. what people don't realize is that that was like a unique thing to her. Like, Whitney and Mariah weren't doing that. Madonna did it because it was unique to her. And Janet did it because it was also very unique to her. It wasn't... Mm -hmm. But, like, now the girls will do it just because they think they have to and they're not good at it. And it doesn't always feel natural. And sometimes, like, Katy Perry, sometimes it can really derail your career, Christina Aguilera. It can really fishtail you and, like totally turn your fans off from you and make them feel abandoned from you, you know? I still remember Christina Aguilera when she went from dirty era to all of a sudden pinup girl, mm -hmm. hey, sailor, yes. like we're singing, like, blah, blah. And I was like, who is this? I almost would have rather that she created a different name and just went with one aesthetic. It was just so drastically different. I remember it being so confusing. Yeah, and sh that was like those two instances were like the only time she ever really pulled it off and then mm -hmm. each time after was like a nightmare you know what <laughs> I mean it was it was consistently for about 10 years a nightmare because it's such an unnatural Can I ask thing if, um, if you had to let's say that we snap our fingers and we're both <laughs> given the instant ability to sing and dance 10 out of 10, mm -hmm. what type of aesthetic are you crafting for yourself for your first era? Oh, God. My first era. I think my very first era would be a return to, like, MySpace era, like, indie rock. Like, it would be some kind of, like... Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it would be... I miss MySpace music, like, Santa Gold era kind of music. Yeah, and what kind of outfits would you be wearing? Like, what's the album art cover? The album art cover would be something. Again, I think I've said I've said it enough times now that I have to say it's, it's something Tumblr-y. 
Mm-hmm. I feel like it has to be, yeah. right? And you know what? Like at the bottom of the album art photo, it should have like the reblog status with like the arrows. Yes, you know? yes. <laughs> Something writing that down. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly oh, it. That. Yeah, it's like a Tumblr, uh, MySpace like celebration of that time. What would yours be? Yeah. I think I would do something that like Grimes and Madison Beer have been trying to do where it's that futuristic, I'm hot on a spaceship type oh, of thing. So yeah. it would be like these skin tight body suits with like different looking textures on it. Ooh. And I don't know, something like futuristically, like I'm hot in space and it's electronic. <laughs> yeah, I love I'm hot in space. <laughs> Everybody in space wants I'm- to fuck me. Exactly. Yeah. All of these aliens. I would like pair it with a fan fiction book. I'd be like, buy two albums and you get fan fiction for free. Right. Yeah. You get like full, like I'm fucking alien fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> and the album would be called Uranus. <laughs> and we perform on the moon. <laughs> Should we write this down? This all sounds I mean, a little too good. Like, honestly. 2023 goals, you know? By the end of 2024, it'll have happened. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so something else that I love about Lana Del Rey is she's been associated, and we'll be getting to blind soon, in blind items and just rumors with a variety of people. The two most random and ones that I get the most tickled by are Mark Zuckerberg and Harvey Weinstein. Now, Harvey Weinstein doesn't tickle me exactly, but I find it insane that this renowned rapist inspired her to write the song Cola with the iconic line, my pussy tastes like Pepsi Cola, which I just have to say, what, what a line. What a line. What a line. It's also made me so insecure because like my pussy definitely tastes like Sprite, you know, (laughs) like like, Pepsi Cola out of all the sodas, like that's the sexiest. (laughs) My pussy tastes like a Shirley Temple or something like not as serious. You're like, my pussy tastes like Tab. Is that okay? <laughs> my pussy tastes like Sunny D. <laughs> my pussy's a Capri Sun. <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, my pussy tastes like Yahoo. Is that bad? <laughs> pussy is water from the Brita filter. <laughs> it's like hard tap water. <laughs> so. I do have to say that she she really knocked it out of the park with that lyric. But then in the song Cola, she's like, Harvey's in the sky with diamonds and he's making me crazy. And I just think of Harvey's in the sky as he's got the penthouse suite at the hotel where he's molesting people. Absolutely. And she like there there's been so many times that they have had meetings and lunches and photos together they've been photographed together she ended up taking out his name from the song after me too mm-hmm. and changing it from Harvey's in the sky with diamonds to oh he's like ah he's in the sky with diamonds so it kind of works mm. and she even said as much she says when i wrote that song i supposed i had a Harvey Weinstein Harry Winston type character in mind i envisioned like a benevolent diamond bestowing upon starlet's visual like a citizen or something. I'm not really sure. I thought it was funny at the time, and I obviously find it really sad now. I think she should have just used the name Richard, because I think of Richard as, like, a Mm. wealthy older man. Yes, yes. Or, like, Dick. Yeah, Dick's in the sky with diamonds, and he's making me crazy. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, we'll get into the blind items, but when you think about Lana Del Rey and Harvey Weinstein, also, he did end up, well, you know what, let's just get to what Azealia Banks said, because... She did end up singing on the soundtrack, and Azealia <laughs> Banks 
takes to Twitter and she says, I'm sorry, but anyone who lays down to have sex with Harvey Weinstein then writes a song about it is the one with the mental illness. He looks like the thing from the Mucinex commercial. That's why she's mad at me because she hates herself. She probably fucked Harvey Weinstein for a part in The Great Gatsby, but he probably said her pussy was whack and stuck her on the soundtrack instead. LMFAO. He looks like the thing <laughs> from the Musinex commercial. He does, though, oh doesn't he? Oh, my God. She's really, she's, and when she describes, like, Elon Musk, too, with, like, froggy eyes, like, I don't know. She's she's really got a gift gift of gab. Yes, I'm like I I forgot that she said that. Oh my god, that took me out. Um, I mean, what do you think about this? As somebody who was a fan, what did you make of it when it was like happening? Because I remember this being really controversial. It was really controversial, and I think it still is because I feel. Do I think something happened with? Harvey and Lana, I do. Yeah. But I also just think that Harvey Weinstein was such a sicko, gross, evil man. And as all of this stuff in the trial, there are like the knobs on his genitals yeah. and like all of the acne on his back that like the woman would feel as he raped them. Like Ooh, just this horrific stuff. So I don't think anyone was ever with him, with him. You know, nobody mm-hmm. was with him completely consensually because they just loved his personality. I, I kind of think that every moment of being with Harvey Weinstein is a moment of something unconsensual. So do I think that they were together? Yes, because I just think that's the only way Harvey Weinstein operates. He doesn't just give you something mm. for fun. But I also feel bad speculating that on that or claiming it because I would imagine that it would be something horrific to go through and nobody would want to. I mean, what do you think about this? Because we can't say that nobody mm. was with Harvey Weinstein in Hollywood. I mean, that that was like a sick currency to him. Right. I mean, I I think that if you look at it from, from the perspective of like, you know, even just like, so I was rewatching this video about, it was a Be Kind Rewind video on YouTube about, and I've talked about it before, about Harvey helping Gwyneth Paltrow win the Oscar. And mm. the way he sort of strong-armed it and just bullied everybody into making sure that she won and, you know, his tactics for bullying people and stuff. Like, I think that people forget that Harvey was sort of seen as this, like, like almost in the way that you talk about, like, Hugh Hefner being this, like, mm. ideal of a figure. Like, Harvey was like that. Like, he was like God, like, he wasn't looked at as, like, a human. He was looked at as, like, a god in that world in a way. Like, this disgusting pig god who you go on stage and you think literally next to God. Like, you have to thank Harvey. So, I think... Oh, God, you're right. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Like you thank your god and then you thank Harvey, yeah. Like, I think that now that I'm looking back at it, I'm like... I don't think it was right, of course, that she wrote the song, whatever. But I also kind of understand the idea of writing, like a fantasy song about this person who has all of this sort of pomp and circumstance surrounding him. Like, it's not just some guy. It's Harvey Weinstein. And she wrote it years before people talked about him publicly in a negative way. Like, he was just but don't you think about that Lana... But don't you think that she knew? Because, like, if... Sure. You know? So I think that's what makes it, like, so weird and sick. But Lana does always write about... And I have to admit... There is something horny about the idea of this guy is a pig asshole and that's to like her whole thing. everyone. 
but me. But, like, he treats me like a little baby girl, and he's so sweet, but, like, he's a terror to everyone else. And by the way, do not fall for a man like that because, like, eventually he will be an asshole to you. But there is something weirdly compelling about it, and it's not even our fault because we grow up on Disney movies where Belle is locked in the castle with the Beast who's killing her father— but right. then ends up loving her and, like, it's yeah. all okay. So I, it just, like, these ideals are ingrained in us for yeah. such a young age. It's it's really crazy. And, like, he almost too perfectly fits into her weird fantasy of, like, like you said, this gross, wealthy, powerful Older, Hollywood. Yeah. Let's not also forget the fact that he's, like, this Hollywood figure and she's writing about him as if he's, like, this MGM you know, studio head, you know, in modern times. But, like, it. I just look at it and I think, okay, yeah, I can see how she would have, like, written this sort of fantasy thing about this prolific figure. It's disgusting. And it's wild given the fact that she did know mm-hmm. everything that he... I mean, you know, it's just... That's crazy. I think that's one of the craziest things I've ever heard, that she included him in a song. I think that about her pussy tasting, like, Cherry, like that is crazy to me, isn't it? And in the line too, like I know your wife, and she wouldn't mind and stuff. Which, by the way, like direct call out to that wife because, like, mean, she, like, she must have known what was going on. Are you kidding me? What the fuck? Right, and the way that she kind of escaped that, mm-hmm. you know, like she was like, and especially at the time too, she was like making a name for herself as like a a face and not just a. She was like on Project Runway. You know, she was trying to become a more, like, public figure in the sense I'm not just a designer. I'm a voice. I'm a personality. You can hire me for stuff. Yeah. And then she just kind of slipped. She was like, okay, bye. Which is, because if I was her, I wouldn't have admitted it was Harvey. I would have been like, what an unfortunate coincidence. I used the same name. I don't want that name to be repeated, so I'll change it. But I wasn't thinking about him at all. The fact that she owned up to it. Ooh. Interesting. That's crazy. Now, what's the excuse for, um, <laughs> have you heard the rumor about her and Mark Zuckerberg? Can you tell me about this? Okay, there was a blind item, and I was trying to find it, and I couldn't. Like, it's been taken offline, but I I literally made a TikTok video about it last year, and I had the screenshot in that video, so I know I'm not crazy. But it was saying that she spent a night with Mark Zuckerberg, and then going through, like, he did a, uh, one of those things on a stage where you talk about the new features of Facebook mm. and he was showing his fake profile and he's like and here it says that I'm listening to like Summertime Sadness by Lana Del Rey so he's he said that he's a fan of Lana Del Rey's music before and there was just one blind item about you know maybe they might have hooked up and I thought it was crazy because I'm like what but then I went well he is a man with money and yeah. she does like money so I don't know I could see it happening could you? I could totally see it happening yeah I was gonna say I think that she Lana can romanticize hooking up with anybody for the story <laughs> she's so me <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean like she describes fucking kind of ugly men all the time What's interesting is that here, let me skip ahead to something because this ended up getting reversed. Do you know about when her and James Franco were hanging out? I do. 
I find this story so funny. Basically, James Franco started listening to her music, and like us, he was obsessed with this vixen of Lana Del Rey, and they started hanging out, and I guess she just didn't measure up in person. This is his quote about it. My God. I'll tell you why. Maybe it's a boring answer. There's a weird thing with creative types. Sometimes I love a person's work, and I'm just like so enamored with that and their persona and their work, but outside of that, it's like... Our dynamic is we're just kind of friends. We get along so well. But all this sexual attraction is for the person and the work. We go to Coney Island and hang out. I would have sex with her music. So he's given these different quotes where he basically says that I, the vibe of it is I wanted to fuck her. I was obsessed with her in love with her. He kept giving all these quotes about her. And then they actually hung out in person. And he was like, never mind. I think yeah. I actually just want to fuck the music, which... I would be so embarrassed. I'd be like, <laughs> but it tastes like Pepsi Cola. So what yeah. are you doing? You don't even want to find out? I am the music doll. What are you talking about? Um, yeah, he wanted to fuck Lana and not Lizzie. Yeah, oh, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. He wanted her to be literally spinning around her, <laughs> around his apartment being like, video games. Uh, <laughs> and like, you know what I mean? Like, he wanted the cartoon and not the human person. Well, she probably came over to her house or whatever, and he was like, oh, hi. She's like, could I have a glass of water? He's like, no, cocaine or long cigarettes yeah, only. And right. she was like, but I am, like, I, I am a human. I do have to use your bathroom at some point. He's like, no, you don't, you don't piss. You, you don't just piss. sing, and then you swim in the ocean. <laughs> He's like, are you going to change into your gown? She's like wearing jeans. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, where is your ball gown? What's the first thing you do when you wake up? Is it checking your credit score? Probably not, but at Chime, that's exactly what they do. With their secured Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card, you can start to build credit with your own money. Chime reports your payments to credit bureaus, and then that helps you build credit over time. All of this with no annual fees, large security deposits, or credit checks to apply. So start your credit journey with Chime. Signing up only takes two minutes and doesn't affect your credit score. You can get started at Chime.com slash fluently. That's Chime. Chime.com slash fluently. The Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card is issued by Stride Bank, NA pursuant to a license from Visa USA Chime checking account and $200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply for the secured Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card. Regular on-time payment history can have a positive impact on your credit score. Impact to score may vary and some users' score may not improve. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply except at MoneyPass ATMs in a 7-Eleven or any AllPoint or Visa Plus Alliance ATM. And her entire dating history too. Like she's she's dated that policeman. She's dated some low key yeah. um, singers that you wouldn't really know about. And right now she's dating Clayton Johnson, who you know he's a musician, but he's not very well known. And apparently they met through Bumble. I would just imagine her to be big enough that if she wanted to, I would think she could be dating Brad freaking Pitt. See, I don't think she's interested in that though. But don't you think that, like, here's the thing. Okay, maybe she's not interested in it, but do you think that A-listers have tried with her or do you think that she just runs in a different circle? I think the A-listers have tried with her. I, in, in my humble new Lana opinion, you know, I'm a new fan. Oh, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a poser, so I don't want to, like, get too, you know. <laughs> but uh, I feel like she would entertain the idea of somebody like a Brad Pitt reaching out to her, but, like, I don't think she can even have conversations with people like that. Like, I think that she prefers... 
to hang out with some stoner that she met on Venice Beach and like fuck on the beach and have real, honest, genuine conversations and smoke cigarettes and not talk about like agents, you know? Yes, I think of her as a true creative like that, you yeah. know? Yeah. Fascinating. Well, I mean, should we get into some of her blind items then? Yeah, let's talk about it. Oh, wait, real quick before we do, she's had many different scandals, but I feel like this is her biggest one, and I wanted to ask you about it. The very cringe question for the culture post that she posted back in 2020, and I'm not going to read all of it because it's pretty long, and most of you probably know what I'm talking about, but she began it, question for the culture, and then she goes, now that Doja Cat, Ariana, Kamiya, Cardi B, Kalani, and Nicki Minaj and Beyonce have had number ones with songs about being sexy, wearing no clothes, fucking, cheating, etc. Can I please go back to singing about being embodied, feeling beautiful by being in love, even if the relationship is not perfect, or dancing for money, or whatever I want, without being crucified or saying that I'm glamorizing abuse? Seven question marks. And the rest of the post is kind of similar to that. I thought it was incredibly dramatic and insane of a thing to say. First of all, nobody's you were maybe crucified for that, which by the way, you weren't. You were like criticized online. Right. At the beginning, I just thought it was such an unhinged thing to say, especially directed towards these female artists. What did you think of it when it came out? Well, it's like, girl, they haven't chosen to write love songs about Harvey Weinstein. You did. Yeah. And that <laughs> yes. was something that I brought up when we did our episode about her. Like people got really upset by that. And it's like Listen, she's painted herself into an extremely specific corner at her own hand. She mm-hmm. has worked over a decade at crafting this Lolita image and putting really controversial imagery and whatever into her music. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't say the same for those other girls. They're saying, like, Doja Cat has not done what you have done in terms of creating, like, a a very controversial universe around your entire discography. That's not fair. I also thought it was so bizarre how she went, oh, they have number ones with songs about this. Yeah, and I think a bunch of Republicans wanted to burn Cardi B to the ground after yeah. Walk came out. So, like, why are you acting like they're able to go about it peacefully and you're not? If anything, from what I've seen, especially black women in right. the pop world are crucified, if we're going to use the term crucified, five times more yeah. than Lana Del Rey ever has been. So I just thought it was, like, such a bizarre thing to come out of left field. And it wasn't even, like, A, it wasn't, like, um she had recently been dragged over the coals for something that she had done. And I don't even like know what song she had out then. And secondly, all of those women that you just called out, I'm sure they would have had your back had people been going against you. And those were not the women that were going against you. This you're directing the post towards people who probably would have been on your side. So why are you trying to make it me versus them? I just thought it was so, so strange. Left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. That was a really odd Thing. And it's also just, like, you understand that, like, a black woman wouldn't have been able to get away with, like, 90% of the stuff that you've gotten away with up to this 100%. point. 100%. Are you out of your fucking mind? Like, if you think about it, it's like you had this this whole music era that didn't work out, so you rebranded and just, like, mm-hmm. changed your whole identity, which, like, would never be able to work for a black woman in the industry to just be like, no, nah, I have a different name, okay? Nobody would fucking go for that. And then your new identity is extremely controversial. You're singing about, like, 
being an underage girl having sex with like old creepy men that are powerful mm. and rich, a black woman could never. I mean, Lori Harvey dates one person and she's called like the ultimate star fucker. Meanwhile, right. Lana Del Rey is like full on creating seven songs about it. And people are like, I think it's just a persona. It's like crazy. It's outrageous. Yeah. It's outrageous. And even the SNL thing, like the way she was, she had a couple weeks of terrible press. But for the most part, Lana Del Rey really bounced back from her SNL debacle. Yeah. Complete. I mean, if anything, it made her more famous. It just, people who didn't know who she was then knew who she was. Like, she's had so much, I don't know. She's had so many lucky breaks, I feel, in her career. So many uh, dodged bullets, if you will, Mm -hmm. that black women don't get to dodge. 100%. Well, getting into the blinds, maybe this is the reason why she's been so lucky. Do you know that she's very spiritual? I've heard. I've she's heard tell. Into witchcraft. I've heard tell. And, uh, you know, she hexed Donald Trump back in the day. <laughs> and this is a blind item. It says this A-minus list three-named singer is hiring herself out as a psychic to share her powers. I kind of think go for it, Lana Del Rey. Like do a little side thing where you read people's tarot cards for like $1,000 for 20 minutes. I think that would be awesome. I mean, listen, if women – I don't know if you're following that woman on TikTok who's like being – canceled around because she's scamming people with her tarot reading (laughs) Um, i'm gonna dive into that hole after this there's this like middle-aged woman on tiktok who's like first of all her her video the other day went viral because she took a shit on instagram live while she was doing tarot and she thought people wait that's awesome (laughs) i'm like there for that that's that's just like full that's what i want madison beer to do by the way just go full on and be like you know what you want authentic i'll give you (laughs) right here's me yeah shit you want to read Where was the camera? Um, it was like <laughs> right here. It was right here. Um, and she had the green screen on and you could literally hear every single moment of this shit happening. Uh, she's been scamming people out of money. And, and I mean, she's she's the, the TikTok Miss Cleo. I'm living for her right now. Well, okay, living. what's her handle? Let's shout her out. Um, yes, let me get it pulled up. I'm sorry. Let me pull it up for you. Okay, her name is... Natalia Psychic. She keeps changing her her handle because she keeps getting, well, you know. Uh, But (laughs) if you just look up Natalia Psychic, you'll see all the stuff pop up. It's amazing. Oh, my God. That's uh, Well, I have the rest of my night (laughs) mapped after that. Sorry, I didn't mean to to take us off course. You were asking about. Oh, no. Oh, Lana. Yes, yes, yes. Lana being a witch. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. Now we're back on the normal path. <laughs> okay. Now this blind item is interesting. There's an Adderall shortage right now. And this blind says the three named muse has bottle after bottle of the short in supply prescription drug and all her friends know it. And there's a lot of blind items about Lana Del Rey. Her weight has fluctuated over the years, like almost every single human's does. And this is something her and Azealia Banks have gone back and forth, trading insults about this. It's something that a lot of people have talked about. But what I find really interesting and disheartening is that when people are Lana Del Rey stands online, they only post photos of her when she was at her slimmest in the early days, old Hollywood era. They're consistently always doing throwback photos. You don't see 
Ariana Grande stands only posting from Victorious or Miley Cyrus stands only posting from the bangers era, you know? Right. I just find it so upsetting that these people who claim to be her biggest fans don't want to post content of her when she's at a larger size or more recent photos. I haven't seen it happen with any other like female pop star like that. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you, especially now that I've like kind of let Lana TikTok into my life or whatever. Like mm. I'm obviously seeing a lot of like the stand posts yeah. and they'll even go as far as to post that stuff and then be like, they'll post like the emoji. Like we didn't know what we had. Mmm, I miss it. Yes. She was so pretty. Like, and it's like, wow, you guys are wild. Isn't that crazy? And I, they try to brush it off as like, this was my favorite era, mm. but like, they're not talking about the music, you yes. know? So I don't know. I just find that interesting. I feel like you, you could sometimes see that with Britney because it's not like she's had a bunch of album or music videos come out in the past couple of years. So mm. there's not much content to be posting of her, but it is really kind of insidious to me. So, cause yeah. I think when you have fans like that, you kind of do harbor the same mentality. So she probably has fans who are obsessed with the whole Lolita imagery. Who knows? Yeah, I've also um, ironically heard Azealia Banks talk about that a lot. Just like the idea that female pop stars have to, and it's really, it's made me check myself. Like it's made me very conscious when I heard her say this, but just the idea that especially with gay men that female pop stars need to fit into these certain characteristics or they need to like fit the criteria or like the standard of like the gay male community, especially the white gays, the powerful white gays who mm. just determine who's famous now. You know, the white gays are like, mm, no, she's a flop. Album's canceled. She no longer, ex it's like they just choose, you know, and people are really cruel to female pop stars in a way that I think it'll take us our whole eternity, like, It'll take us forever to even figure out, like, how cruel we actually are to female pop stars and how damaging it is. And it seems to yeah. just be getting worse. Yeah, I just think all the time, Ed Sheeran has had the same fucking haircut for the last 20 years and nobody gives a shit, you know? It's just crazy. It's crazy to me. That man can get up on stage and strum a guitar in an Old Navy t-shirt and people will die. <laughs> but Lady Gaga jumps from the roof of a fucking football stadium... And they're like, she's fat. You know what I think, too? I feel like Pink is always... Pink is not only singing and dancing, but she's also doing it upside down. I feel like she's always being flipped around in the air somewhere, and then she lands, and they go, she'll get a nomination for something, but she yeah. won't win. I'm like, but she just did acrobatics in the air, you know? It's like, it's really Sick crazy. Sick of seeing it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> That's what people say. <laughs> oh, God. Now, this was interesting. She, Lana Del Rey does try to talk about being down to earth. This is a blind item saying, don't believe the hype. This three named A minus list singer, former ingenue, former cokehead is not getting a nine to five job. She just wants people to think she is like them. And she said things like that before. I, I honestly liked when on the red carpet, she said that she just got her dress at the mall mm -hmm. because I always think... I always think if I was famous, I would get the most expensive dress at the mall. I forget that when you're famous, you don't go to the mall anymore. And Silas. <laughs> yeah, I get the most expensive dress at the mall. That's all. <laughs> right? I'm like, oh, I'm famous. That means I can like go to Bloomingdale's and like really go crazy. You're like, <laughs> cachet, like here I come. <laughs> 
I'm like, I would sort on like Banana Republic from high to low. And it's like, you can't be yeah. Banana Republic anymore. <laughs> you show up at, to the Grammys with a Jessica McClintock like, like prom dress. <laughs> she was my prom dress and I thought I was so fancy. I love, one of my favorite things is to hit a millennial girl with Jessica McClintock. Just to hit you like a, like a brick over the face. It really isn't a, a personal attack on all young millennial women. I'm not kidding. I hadn't heard that name in so long. I know. It was a light pink dress with white lace. Oh, my God. Of course it was. It was satin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, that brought me back. But what do you think of Lana Del Rey? Do you like it when celebrities try to be relatable? Or do you think, shut up, don't try to be like me. You have so much more money. You don't know my problems. I mean, now we're in, like, a a, a point where it's, like, it's, like, absurd how much they try to be relatable and i hate how tied it is now to being famous that Mm. really bothers me where people are like she's not relatable or you know they she doesn't come off as genuine when people say that they're basically saying the same thing right yes and i'm just like why does this person need to be relatable to you to listen to them like i am not the biggest taylor swift fan but i do align myself with her because i like her music i don't care if I'm at a point now where I I have come to terms with the fact that I might not like her personality. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, let's like calm the fuck down. I'm like right there with you too. Like, I love the music, but there's so many artists where it's crazy because I am so into pop culture. I mean, this is literally my job, but people will send me articles sometimes. There's that, you've probably had it sent to you too, that study where it says, Studies have shown that people who worship celebrities are stupider. Or, mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I don't even think that's a word. I think it's more stupid. <laughs> move past that. I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> But basically, like, I think about that and I'm like, I'm into pop culture, but I don't worship cele- – I don't know who I would want to be friends with. I don't think I'd want to date any of them. I don't think I'd get along with any of them. Mm-hmm. But so many people do have that parasocial idealization where they think not only do they make good music, but they're also completely morally – you know, they've never morally sinned before in their life, and <laughs> they do philanthropy, and they're super smart, and they play all these instruments. I think it's just asking too much of someone. I do too. I think that we put celebrities on a really gross pedestal now that we didn't before. Like we used to be able to look at a celebrity and sure, will we speculate about their personal life and stuff? Yeah. But there was a mysteriousness around celebrities that was interesting and made them more fun to examine and try and figure out. Now there's no mystery at all on top of the fact that they're trying to be relatable. It's just too much for me. That on top of the fact that they're still faking it. It's like, it's just too much. Yes. You know? Yes. Oh, dude, that clip of this just popped into my head when Meghan Markle was like, and then I play Wordle. I'm like, <laughs> you know that we all play Wordle. And that's why you're saying yes, Wordle. I'm yes. like, are you guys actually playing Wordle? Like, I don't think that they're playing Wordle, but I also don't think they're drinking children's blood. I think it's just yes. somewhere in the middle where like they're rich enough to do rich people things and they're probably not going to share that because it would it would give away how incredibly like well to do they are i think i agree and i think that sometimes people will see someone like a britney out in cole's shorts 
You know what I mean? Britney will go outside in Cole's shorts and Nikes and a tank top from Old Navy to run her errands. And it's really off-putting to people because that's genuine relatability. You want yeah. relatability. That's it. It's not Britney sitting on Instagram Live and like couture, but like painting her nails and making it look like she's like this normal girl. She's outside in an Old Navy tank. That's mm-hmm. normal. And everybody's like, oh, 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 weird. <laughs> she's a freak. <laughs> I think of that like every day. I think Steve Jobs was more and more correct with that whole iPad notion of people said they didn't want the iPad, but we gave it to them and they wanted it. People mm-hmm. always ask for things and you don't want what you actually are asking for. Yes. I think of this where nowadays people say, um, we want our influencers to have nine to five jobs. No, you don't. No, you don't. You just want them to be more relatable. You don't care about what job they have. What does it matter to you? You just don't like that they are being, I don't know, not creating enough content for you or suggesting Christmas gifts for your shopping and each one is $400. Like you you care that they're being out of touch, but you don't care about them having a nine to five. So I feel like right. the truth is always somewhat in what people say, but it's not a direct A to B match a lot of the times. No, and the in-between, sometimes the gray area is, like, the most interesting part. Because, like, with the influencer thing, I think about the fact that just in 2015, 2016, I'm a real YouTube girl. And, like, just in, like, 2016, Jeffree Star was still cutting Chanel bags in half for views. And, you know, him and James Charles would, like, gather money and light it on fire and... You know, he would, like, melt Birkins and shit for fun. Like, I feel like we are grossed out by what we allowed to happen. And now we're punishing influencers because we let people get famous for shit like that. You know? Oh, God. That's such an interesting point. And it's also funny how many even, and I know this is slightly off topic, but just within influencers, you have some people famous for flaunting their wealth. Mm -hmm. Some people famous for skits and sketches um some people famous for prank channels so like there's even within that industry there's some people who talk about money there's some people who don't there's um shane dawson sitting down and saying like i ordered one of everything from shake shack and now i'm gonna eat it and i would watch that 20 minute video and go oh that's a really good video (laughs) absolutely we are the problem I'm like, will Jeffree Star's molten lava knife cut through his Hermes bag? Mm, I guess I'll click to see. And you know what? Like those videos where I have to say, like, I know Jeffree Star is so incredibly problematic, but he really provides the entertainment because who would have thought that he would be living on a yak farm and killing his yaks and selling the yak meat. It's just like you're like you're always entertained with him. Like where's true. he gonna go back? It's so true. <laughs> it's so like true. if some if when you were watching the video of the Chanel bag being cut in half, if you went, he's gonna actually put eyebrows on and then move to a yak farm and sell the yak's meat for food, <laughs> even though they're his friends. Like you would have thought I was crazy, it's but it's so happened. True. Like, it's gonna be rumored that he's fucking Kanye. You're like, what? 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 Wasn't that the best time on that? The memes have never been better than the Jeffree Star. Do you think that they fucked? I do not doubt it. I really don't. I think I everybody think wants to fuck sense. Jeffree Star. I really think all those rappers and athletes, 
they all go out into the mountains and they fuck Jeffree Star. I totally believe it. Can I get a little bit raw? What do you think his style is like in bed? Because I know he must be good in bed, mm-hmm. but I'm curious about like what he does to be so compelling. I think it's the fact that you probably he has no shame. Yes. Like anything you want, it's like on the table. That's how I imagine Jeffree Star. That's how I imagine Jeffree Star too. And also Jeffree Star, I believe, is a true, a real just like fucking pig bottom. Like he just is like mm. you we can fuck as hard as you want. It'll never be hard enough. And you know what <gasps> yes. I mean? And like I like I think that he's so sexually confident that it's like he gives you an experience. Yes. Oh God. God, like I want to fuck you. <laughs> right like it just does. It does seem like it's. He just has like a very otherworldly quality yeah. to him. He's meant to be an entertainer. Yeah, and I think the combination of that mixed with the fact that Azealia Banks used to refer to Kanye's house as the Bussy Boy Ranch, where all of the all of the boys would go to get fucked and have parties out in the. I mean, those two things just are too close, and they're too close in proximity. I would love for you guys to have her on your podcast. Can you imagine how great of an episode that would be? I'd be, it's flying too close to the sun, Shannon. I would literally, I, I would melt. I would melt into a puddle. Yeah, you can read her all of her blind items. Okay, <laughs> back to the blind items. Okay, sorry. This was a really random one here about the Baldwins. It says this B-plus list celebrity offspring, Ireland Baldwin, of former A-listers, so Alec Baldwin and Kim, spends a good hour a day online trashing the three named ingenue using some fake accounts. Apparently there was a boyfriend dispute a couple of years back. Very interesting. So I guess like Ireland Baldwin is into no name musicians and police officers. I just feel like who's there to fight over? It's not like Lana Del Rey's like really scooping up anyone that special. Right. And like those goddamn Baldwins. They never quit. All of them. All of them. This is fascinating. This was a blind item, and the article that's associated with it, it said the three the three named ingenue singers' coke addiction has gotten out of control the past year. But then the article they pair with it was when Lana Del Rey visited a man soaking in bean dip for 24 hours. Have you heard of this? <laughs> no, what? <laughs> I'm trying to literally exactly what it sounds like. There is a man who sat in an inflatable pool of bean dip and just like sat there and there's a picture in a parking lot where his inflatable, I'll post this on Instagram, his tub is filled up with bean dip and he's got a COVID mask on. And I will say everyone's masked up except for Lana and she's <laughs> posing with the man in bean dip. I just feel like she is so random. You could see her. It's like you could drop her anywhere in Google Maps and you'd go, I guess it makes sense that she's there. Absolutely. She's the person who will like walk up Venice Beach and like actually stop and look at all of the different little booths and like buy puka <laughs> shells and like a shirt, like a fucking, you know, Jersey Shore era t-shirt to tie up. Yes. Like she's very much that girl that leaves the boardwalk with a cup that's this tall. Yes. Like that's the thing. I could see her camping. I could see her on the Jersey Shore. I could see her at a Hollywood red carpet. Yes. I could see her at SeaWorld. Like I could really just kind of see her anywhere. And like or like going to the gas station and seeing some jewelry she likes next to the checkout. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> yes. God, that sounds so free. Now <laughs> she did a song, a couple songs with the weekend, the Star Girl interlude or whatever. I wish I could turn that into a drug and put it straight up my ass. Like there's something so, and I've tried to find other songs similar to it. Nothing quite compares. It's so good, but 
you've probably already heard of this long blind item, basically alleging that the weekend, if you are going to do a song with him, you have to have sex with him. It says Mm -hmm. each said he advanced on them and forced them to have sex. And each one also said to be good or else the bodyguard would take a turn too. This is a lot better behavior than he exhibits with most women who want to work with him. In that case, he doesn't even talk music until after you have sex with him. No exceptions. Yes. Including the A-listers who have made records with him. Lana Del Rey, Selena Gomez, Ariana Grande. The weekend kind of terrifies me because I feel like he doesn't even have blind items. They're just lyrics. Like he already airs out yeah. all the shit that he does and then just puts a background check, like a uh, vocals behind it. He'll be like, yeah. he'll literally read a blind item, but he'll just be like, this A plus lister fucked a runway model right before the <laughs> show. And it's like, he's just telling on himself while singing it. It's so, that's such a good point. It's true. All of his songs are just like, it's like, it, it's like OJ's If I Did It, that those are his songs. Literally, like it's like outrageous, but yeah, I mean, all of his blinds are like he's a drug dealer, and it's like, well, duh, he's told us that. Um, and yeah, and then he always makes the girls fuck him for songs, and it's like that makes complete fucking sense. Like, I couldn't think of anything that checks out more than him being like, you have to sleep with me, and I'll give you some coke if you want to do this song together. I think it just really gets my go because he feels like such a selfish lover. I remember Bridget and I were listening to him all really uh, high one night and we were really diving into the lyrics. And it's when he said she's about to go downtown for a whole hour. And we were like, he's not going down on her for more than 10 minutes, but she has to go down on him for an hour. I just want to know. like, And he... He used to just be like Drake's little plaything, basically. So I yeah. just wonder where he's gotten like all of this. I don't know. Like Lana Del Rey, Selena Gomez, and Ariana Grande are kind of big hitters, right? But I, th- I think that he really holds himself at a very high. Like he's the person that I picture. Like while he's producing, he's making you like suck his dick. Oh my god, yes. And like he does make like really good music. Although I miss like the trilogy album and that type of stuff from him. I, yeah. I wish he would go back to that, but. It is what it is, I guess. Okay, let's do one last blind item here. Okay. Talking about sucking dick in the studio. (laughs) This three-name singer has enough family money where she will never need to yacht for money. The thing is, though, to get the best track, she does still have to hook up with guys, which is what this producer, a lot of you know, is making her do. That foreign-born, one-named singer did the same thing not that long ago, but from what I hear, the songs delivered are not that great. And that's about Mr. Jack Antonoff. I am so confused about how he has so many women in a chokehold because I feel like is what he makes even that great? No, I'm going to say something about Jack Antonoff. Is you that, fucked him. <laughs> he, he's right here <laughs> and you better watch what the fuck you're saying. He comes up. He's like, sorry. <laughs> yeah. um, I will say that I do think that he's an incredible... I think that he's like one of those producers that brings out whatever is like great about you. And like, you may not be able to immediately tell that it's like a Jack Antonoff song, but like he has brought something out of you. That's like really interesting and cool. And like, uniquely now, you he's worked with so many people. Like I think what he did with Lord was phenomenal. I think I got upset because I listened to what the hell is even the name of the midnights by Taylor Swift. And I was like, uh, like it just sounds like Lord I've heard this before and I yeah. love what he does with Lana Del Rey um, 
Although sometimes certain Lana and Taylor songs sound pretty similar, like Gold Rush by Taylor Swift sounds a lot like a Lana Del Rey song. And I don't know if Jack worked yeah. on this, but Without You by Lana Del Rey sounds so much like Wildest Dreams by Taylor Swift. That's true. Um, it's like they live in the same cinematic universe. Yeah. So basically out of those three pop stars to work with him, who do you think he works with the best and, and gets the best results from? Well, I think that he gets really great results from Taylor, but they've exhausted their creative partnership. Mm, yeah. It's or just, maybe they just need to, they need to bring in a third. Hello. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like this relationship's stale. Let's start swinging. Yeah. Yeah. Something needs to happen to shake it up. Cause it's a little too, like, like you said, it's like where sometimes he'll reference like other artists and he'll like make a song for Taylor that sounds like Lana. Now he's making songs for Taylor that just sound like Taylor. Like every mm. album, there's like a version, there's like a version of dress there's a version of, I think, you know, like there's like a version yes. of each song, you know, and like that I think is repetitive. But I think that what he did with Norman fucking Rockwell is probably like some of the best work he's ever done, if not the yeah. best. Yeah, I, th I think when he works with Lana Del Rey, I mean, her songs are just, and what's really interesting too is that um, the man she is dating now, allegedly, Clayton Johnson, He's also a musician, and he worked a lot with her on her most recent album. He did production with that song Interlude, the trio. Mm, okay. You know what I'm talking about, where yeah, it's yeah. like the horns, and yeah. then that like great beat drops, and it's just, once again, it's the type of song you want to inject into your bloodstream. Yes. So I always find that nice, too. I'm like, oh, my God, her boyfriend is like musically talented, because if he put together that song, he's probably pretty good. And her boyfriend should be musically talented, I feel. She needs to date like a guy that... You know. Yeah, like enough with these investment bankers or whoever she's been singing about. It's it's time to date someone. I'm like literally me to myself, but you know, <laughs> like it's time to date someone creative. <laughs> You're like violently talking into a mirror. Okay, Lana. Staring at myself in the Zoom. I'm like, yeah. okay, so we're all on board with this. <laughs> no, oh, yeah, God. I agree. It's like enough. Like she needs to just settle down with an artist. We all know that. She needs an artist in her life that understands that mm -hmm. she's a muse and he'll help her pick out her wigs and... You know, but then also will like have so much fun at like the truck stop with her because she's also that girl. Yes, you know, a hundred percent. So as we wrap up here, what would you say? She's thirty-seven now. She's coming out with a new album. If you had to take your best guess for the next five years of Lana Del Rey, mm -hmm. do you see her? She did come out with a poetry book. I have it, and it's really good. Violet bent backwards over the grass or tall grass, something like that. Cool. Do you see her doing more creative projects, music, more in the spotlight, less children? How would you predict it? I could see her doing more creative projects. I almost feel like she would like act. Act? Don't you think she should act? I, it's funny because I, when I watch interviews with her, she's very well spoken. She's got a beautiful voice, but it seems like she's never sure of what she's going to say. It just kind of topples out. Yeah. I would be very curious. I mean, if she has a script, it would be different. And I could see her putting emotion. I don't know. I definitely see her something creative. I don't know if I see her ever having children. I don't know if I see that either. Or it'll be totally random and she'll be like, I have a four-year-old. Yeah. Very yeah. Lana, you I know? I see that too. Um, but yeah, I could see her doing some kind of like, not like heavy acting, but I could see her doing some kind of like Ryan Murphy-esque kind of thing where it's like an, a music video extended kind of thing. Like, you know? Yeah. 
something. Because yeah. she's so magnetic. She's a very magnetic person. She's, you know, and like, it, like you said, she's not necessarily so incredibly well-spoken all the time, but she is very magnetic and she's so visual and she's obsessed with Hollywood and all of that stuff. I could just, and her music videos are like little short films. So I think it would be cool if she did something acting wise. You're, you're right. It is kind of short or like a visual album. I think it would be cool too, leaning into old Hollywood. If she, you know, went to the Sydney opera house and performed with a huge oh. orchestra, like national anthem and all of those songs for a Netflix special, oh kind of something similar God. to what Adele did. Yeah. And in a beautiful gown too. <laughs> That's what I want. That is what I want. Never mind. Scratch mine. Yeah. Okay, that. and then we'll go to Australia, front row. <laughs> and just enjoy it. We have to dress up in gowns too. Yeah. Laura, Lana, hi. How's it going? <laughs> well, Troy, thank you so much for coming on. Everyone probably already knows that you are the host of uh, co-host of Beyond the Blinds, and they can check you out there. Is Dunzo gonna be? What's the future of Dunzo? The future of Dunzo is to be announced. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I have an announcement about Dunzo coming up very soon. I think in the new year. And um, yeah, and Beyond the Blinds, you can find me online mostly at Dunzo Pod and Troy McKeady if you just Google it. Yeah, this was so fun. Yes. Thanks for like doing this with me. Oh my God. Thank you for coming on. And um, to anyone listening, check on your friends if they are listening to too much Lana Del Rey, if they're yes. watching too much Bojack Horseman, just give them a call <laughs> and say, what's going on? You okay, girl? And I care about you. Uh, do you want to come on for a podcast episode and we can talk about <laughs> it for an hour and Agreed realize that we're both messed up? <laughs> All right. Thank you, Troy. Bye. Huge thank you to Troy for hopping on. Please, if you are not already listening to, although with a gun to my head, I would say probably about, about 100 of you, if you listen to Fluently Forward, are listening to Beyond the Blinds. But please go check them out. They do incredible episodes where they do deep dives on individual celebrities. And they also have a Patreon. Did I mention we do as well? Patreon.com slash Fluently Forward. So uh, give us a follow over there and go check out Instagram this week because we are going to be posting fun photos of Lana Del Rey throughout her different eras, some of her biggest scandals, and the very interesting eclectic group of people that she has dated, her beef with Azealia Banks, just a bunch of stuff that we'll be rehashing over there. So thanks for hanging out with us and I will see you next week for another episode of Fluently Forward. Bye guys. Nice.